Welcome to the official podcast where the bombs get thrown. I'm your host, May Shayla Bogan, and I introduce to you the Mike Bomb Podcast. Enjoy. Podcast. This is your host, May Shayla, and I'm going to be kicking off this episode this week, recapping what happened in the Monday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Chicago Bears. Um, I'm going to just start by saying this, that the game between the Steelers and the Bears was a lot more controversial than I thought it was going to be. I didn't really think that the Bears would take the Steelers out of all teams they played this year to the wire, but they did. Where the Steelers, of course, came out the winner, 29-27 to game from a Chris Boswell's field goal. But that's not the story of this game. Um, I think I speak for everyone that the story of this game would be Cassius March getting, you know, penalized for a taunting penalty, to be more exact, after, you know, giving his team a 14-yard sack on Ben Roethlisberger, which would have obviously put the Steelers in a fourth, and I believe it was a 25 situation, and it would have led to the Steelers, of course, kicking the field, kicking the ball away, punting it, Chicago gets the ball back, which will wind up happening anyway after the Steelers were given an extra three downs to, you know, produce points. Is the question around is was it fair for you know Cassius to be penalized for the taunting rule? From our standpoint of view, I think I speak for everyone. It will be a no because it wasn't much evidence there that showed taunting, unfortunately. You know, but unfortunately for Bears fans to be more exact than people who believe in a fair game like I do the rules are the rules and according to the referees they broke them did the refs cheat for the Steelers or made a bad call honestly truth be told there were bad calls that whole game I'm not gonna lie honest and this has been it's not just been this game it's been the entire season I don't know, honestly, where to begin with the taunting rules. Like, 
last Sunday where they was planning to throw A.J. Brown and Jalen Ramsey out of the Rams and the Titans game. I didn't understand why. I didn't see taunting from him nor A.J., but apparently they did and they were straining to disqualify him and some disqualify them correct me and some other bs i didn't agree with that and even though i am a Steeler fan that wish that you know the sack didn't happen um i think i speak for all of those who believe in a fair game that that was not a good call from the referees it wasn't did it benefit the Steelers yes because they wind up winning the game but in the end you want if you, okay, of course you want your team to succeed. And I think Stephen A said it best. You want your team to succeed, but you want them to succeed where no one won't have any excuses, even though here's the reality. They're the damn Steelers. Everyone's always going to have an excuse for when they win. It's either they're going to say, oh, well, they got, they got, a, they got wide receivers. Oh, they got a running back. They never used the quarterback as an excuse. And to me, he's been just as good as the wide receivers throughout these damn near 20 years. But if it ain't that, it's the defense. It ain't the defense, it's the kicker. If it ain't the kicker, it's the referees. There will always be an excuse for why the Steelers succeed. No, it's like when you achieve so much as a franchise, it's hard for people to accept that, especially those who don't like players who represent, you know, those accomplishments or who were there and who helped you get those. For example, your quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> I think there's not even enough people in this world that I, that I can count that dislikes Ben Roethlisberger, but you who was, or bluntly come to my face and tell me they don't like Ben Roethlisberger. But if you go on social media, Twitter to be more exact, You'll see all the hate comments and all the Steelers poses about Ben, all the NFL poses about Ben. It is it is what it is. But that's not, you know, what this podcast episode, this segment of this podcast episode is about. What it's about is, you know, Cassius Clay, I mean, or correct me, Cassius Marsh being wrongfully being penalized for a taunting call. Um... I don't know who he was taunting. I don't know whether he was taunting, you know. See, if he was like, if he would have sacked Ben Roethlisberger and would have laughed at Ben or something like that and would have been like this, you know, maybe I could see it and maybe I can understand more. But when the play got called, honestly, I was frustrated because I just thought we was going to punt the ball away. I did not see that coming from a mile away. I didn't see it coming at all. And I think I speak for a lot of people that I did not see that play coming. I thought the Steelers were going to have to punt it. The Bears would get another shot with hope that the defense would stop them, in which they didn't, which led to the game coming down to the wire, in my opinion. And I'm getting more into that on this segment as well. But yes, it was an unfair call. Did that, you know, benefit the game to some demeanor? Yes, but some demeanor, no, because... The, the one thing as a team you never want to do is allow the game to be determined between the referees. And I think eight, nine weeks in, you know that, let's get real here, the referees are not reliable. You know, they're not reliable. They will, if they don't like the team that, you know, it's playing or whatever, they will do anything in their power to rip it away. 
I cannot give you not one fair game this year that I've seen on prime time. Not one. Maybe the Ravens and the Colts was the most fairest game that was called this whole year on primetime television. And and I'm not beating around the bush. The Rams and the Bears were another one. That's as far as I can remember. I don't hear any controversial calls in those games. But the interception didn't help either. You know, Cameron Hayward interception that Justin Fields threw didn't help either. But he wound up making up for it. But then again, your defense after the touchdown, did allow Ben Roethlisberger to march down there to your, what, I think it was your 30 or 40, you know, your 30 or your 20-yard line after starting off at his own 25, that wasn't a good thing either. You you never, the one thing the Bears went wrong getting on that final drive before the field goal was this right here. When they pretty much left Chase Claypool wide open, you left fire move open in the end zone twice, I believe. Then I think Najee scored the touchdown that game as well. That wasn't a smart move. I thought you would have had a better game plan for him and Fryer move due to them both obviously being Ben's favorite targets throughout the season, throughout this whole season. Um, you look at majority of the Steelers, if not all the Steelers, red zone touchdowns is either Najee or his Fryer move getting the ball. So I don't know what was up with the preparation for that. And that's where Matt Nagy got to get the blame because, okay, here's the thing. Ben said it best in his press conference when he said that the Bears left too much time for him on the clock. I would never leave damn near two minutes on the clock for these quarterbacks right here. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. Those are, if I'm not mistaken, top five quarterbacks or top four you know, and comeback wins, game-winning drives. You never leave them enough time on the clock. Leave them a whole minute with a timeout and then an extra 40 or 50 seconds to go down there and march pretty much like they wasn't practically picking up, you know, picking apart your secondary the whole game. Um, And that's where the Steelers went right in that game is, you know, Opening up the playbook, doing what fans like I was begging for them to do. Open up the playbook, go play action, no huddle deep. It got them down there. Obviously, hand the ball off more, get the tight ends more involved, you know, which opened up the field for Najee and everyone else. And I think that's where they should keep going because you, even though Najee is practically their running game, but I think you should start giving Benny Snell some more reps. So when Najee gets tired out, the running game, you know, it, it would be a difference, but it won't make as much as a difference as it did throughout that game. Um, I think that Ray Ray McLeod has a lot of making up to do this weekend due to him nearly costing the Steelers the game, which led to the Justin Fields to, I believe that was Dan Mooney, touchdown. After, you know, an Allison Robinson first down, I believe it was. And, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Um, good game. Good luck to both teams. Where both teams should go from here. I think the Steelers obviously do what they've been doing on their winning streak. Not deviating from what works. Uh, you know, jet sweeps here and there. More play action deep. Allowing Ben to air the ball out. Obviously, running the ball helps more. But the play action... 
allows you to run the ball more because it opens up the field more and it stretches everyone out. You don't never want to have to play a defense and tight coverage all day, every day. And that's what you're going to do when you keep doing short passes because that's what they're going to expect you to do. They're going to dare you. And I think a lot of teams are going to dare the Steelers to um or dare Ben Roethlisberger to throw short passes this year. But I don't think like the Bears came in expecting Ben to throw the ball as deep as much as he has, but it played out for the Steelers because 14 and nothing, you would thought, like I thought that the Steelers were just going to run away with the game. That's the way it was looking. But when you started deviating from what works, along with the defensive side of the ball, after Mullet giving up two big plays back-to-back, that didn't help either, but... In the end, the offense did what you wanted them to do, not turn the ball over, produce points. We're going to need more from, obviously, our secondary. I can't say our whole defense because the defensive line, beat up or not, has been showing up the whole year. And they did everything they could to, you know, maintain the running game. And I don't think the running game of Chicago averaged 100 yards separately in that game. Maybe combined, but not, you know... Not not separately, not individually, to be more exact. So that's a pretty solid performance by the defense. But that secondary really got a shaping up here. Missed tackles, not following your mans, not paying attention, zone coverage the whole game. I don't know what Keith Butler was thinking on that. Zone coverage, okay. When you play someone like Aaron Rodgers, Zone coverage, I understand, because he can pick you apart, whether it's man-to-man or zone. But you want to play man-to-man because it gives your DBs the better shot of winning their matchups up and down the field. You never want to keep playing zone, 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 because, one, you're giving the, the opposing team, you know, the wide receivers, the tight end sets, too much room to get through on, you know, on your side of the field. Two, obviously for the Steelers, zone defense is not your friend because you play zone the whole fourth quarter and you damn near lost yourselves the game that your offense legitimately can say that they damn near had put away even though the offensive line, you know, still got questions around there because they gave up at least two, three sacks that game alone. And you got the Lions coming in, who's obviously very hungry this Sunday for victory. So, yeah, I think the Steelers, you know, are on their way to legit contention. But, you know, sitting at 5-3, and they can't be overlooked. I believe they're the 5th or the 6th seed now in the AFC. Cleveland, I think, would be the 7th, if I'm not mistaken. It's either them or Denver, one of them two. But... It's a, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot to clean up, but it's, you know what, let me take that back. It's not, it's not as much as everyone thinks. Obviously, the O-line has been getting better as it goes on. Um, The secondary, I only have questions about the cornerbacks. Joe Hayden is, you know, I, I don't question Joe Hayden. I already know he's legit, you know. To be a 12-year veteran, he's still playing like he's in his fifth or sixth year, so that's, so that's good, but... I think I'm going to need more from Arthur Mullen, especially after what I saw. I'm not impressed with. I think I'm going to need a lot more for Terrell Edmonds, who is playing for a contract this year. You know, him and Mika Fitzpatrick both. And I've only been seeing, you know, splash plays or splash hits from Mika. So this Sunday, 
I'm expecting those two to be the standout players to show me why you should be in that starting lineup and why you should be taken seriously as DBs and why people shouldn't throw your direction and why your secondary should be no-fly zone. So, yes, that's all that I pretty much have to say on the Steelers. As for the Chicago Bears, it was a hell of a fight. And... I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Justin Fields is in the conversation for Rookie of the Year because you take David Montgomery away, you take the running backs away, it's pretty much him out there by himself. And he's a tough quarterback. I'm going to say that. So, yeah, that's all I got to say on the Bears right now. Their secondary still got questions because... You could say that they damn they cost you the game because they're the ones who got picked apart the final two minutes, and they're also the ones who got picked apart the first quarter, which you know gave the Steelers the lead to begin with. So yes, good luck to the Steelers who played the Lions this Sunday, and good luck to the Bears. I'm not sure who they play this Sunday. I'll have to look more into that later. Um, Bears fans, when it comes to your quarterback, your future's bright. I'ma say that. Cats off to them for a hell of a fight. I think the Steelers needed this win and needed, you know, that to understand why it's not cool to get from behind or to not put games away when the opportunities are right there and there's been plenty. And yes, good luck to both teams down the way. Good luck to both this season. Welcome back to the Mike Bomb Podcast. This is your host, May Shayla, once again, signing on. And I'm now going to give you the preview of what I like to call the Sunday night matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders, where they're going to be playing in, I believe it's Allegan Stadium. And I just want to give you my thoughts on this game because... I said that the Ravens and the Dolphins game is going to be, you know, a rocky one. But this is a real rocky one. And it's rocky because they did split the series last year. And the the Raiders are coming off a tough loss. But Kansas City has not been looking like their offense or their normal selves this year at all. from From an offensive standpoint nor defensive standpoint. So... When you got all of this going on and, you know, you got all this controversy in Kansas City. Oh, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have enough. He can't do it anymore. And, you know, you take away Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. You find a lot about Kansas City, things of this nature, their defense not being too good. Raiders losing Henry Ruggs due to a DUI charge and being arrested. Now he's facing 20-plus years in prison for the death of a 23-year-old victim. You got all of this going on for both teams. So it's a lot of controversy. But I think the team that can overcome all that they've been through this year alone up to this game is going to be the winner. And even though the Raiders are at home, I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. I'm going with the road team again because the Raiders... um, One, I don't see you beating an Andy Reid football team without a coach, especially with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. 
And even though you do got a great cornerback in Casey Hayward, but who's going to be your answer for Travis Kels? You know, who's your answer for that guy? And then don't forget Mahomes is pretty mobile. So if he has to, he will, you know, scramble for a touchdown or two. It's a lot to overcome. And then you got on the Raiders. Oh, well, they did just sign Deshaun Jackson, which can help out. You know, they do still got a great tight end. They still got Derek Carr. They still got a running back, which I think Kansas City is missing. I think their running back is still injured. But, oh, that's, wow. Did I really just pick the Chiefs to win this game? Hmm. I don't know. I might eat, I might have to eat crow after that game about that one. Because... The Raiders beating Andy Reid. I mean, the Raiders beating the Andy Reid football team without a coach. But they did just lose to the Giants. And I think if you're, you know, if Daniel Jones can find a way to beat Derek Carr, so can Patrick Mahomes. Especially with having more around him than Daniel Jones has in New York. Even though he does have Saquon Barkley. He does have Sterling Shepard. But they're no Tyreek Hill and they're no Travis Kelsey. And you got to think about it from that standpoint. And, you know, it's just that. But the score prediction, I'm going to stick with my pick because nine times out of ten, I'm right. So I'm going to pick to win this game. I'm going to have to go and pick. Um, I'm picking the Chiefs still. I'm staying with my pick. And the score, I don't see this being a, a – very high scoring game so I don't see 30 points or more being average so I'm gonna keep it under 30 for both teams but I think it's gonna be a real close game so I got 27 to 24 Kansas City I really just had to you know think about that because Chiefs do Chiefs don't have the best defense but Raiders you know they usually don't have the best teams either, but this team this year has been pretty good. They're doing better than many expect without John Gruden, obviously due to him having to resign or be fired or whatever. But yes, um, I just think that the Chiefs are going to win this game because they're it's just in them. And I think that they want to show everybody that they're still the team to beat in that division alone, let alone the entire AFC conference. And I think that they understand it, that you got teams like the Steelers five and three, Browns five and four, who they beat, so they got, you know, an advantage over Cleveland. Um, Cincinnati who's five and four. Um, Baltimore, who who defeated the Chiefs, are, you know, sitting right now six and two. And then you got you know, you got a lot to worry about. You you have a lot, a lot to worry about if you're Kansas City. But then it's vice versa with, you know, it's vice versa with the Raiders as well. But the Raiders do average more sacks than Chiefs. They are, you know, they're pretty much evened out in the time possession of the game. You know, you Kansas City does have the advantage over penalties per game because... They do average about 0.5, you know, less than Raiders do. But 
you know, Chiefs got the yards advantage. Chiefs got the passing yards advantage. You know, but actually, no, correct me. The total yards allowed, the Raiders got the advantage because Kansas City allowed at least over 40.2 more yards than, you know, Las Vegas. Points per game is pretty much evened out. Kansas City has about a, I'm going to say about a two-point, you know, three advantage over Las Vegas. Kansas City averages 25.2 points a game. Raiders average 23.6. And this is why, you know, I'm picking this game to not go over 30 points, you know, or picking this game to be under 30 points. Casey Hayward, I believe, has not allowed the touchdown this whole year. So that would be a great challenge for Tyreek Hill, who's looking for a bounce back, who's looking, you know, to redeem himself this year, not waiting to go into a new season and have to redeem himself then. Um, the Raiders do produce more sacks in Kansas City, having a, let's just say, a 1.3 advantage, averaging 2.6 sacks a game, while Kansas City is averaging 1.3 sacks. The Raiders having, you know, six sacks, about 14 quarterback hits, things of that nature. So the Raiders have pretty much a great advantage coming into this game, but total yardage, they're pretty much balanced out both teams. Um, Las Vegas having a about a .25 advantage there. Passing yards, it's going to be a real balanced game. So this is a game that honestly could change the landscape of not only, you know, the NFC West division, but the AFC conference, because one of these teams, especially if things play out well for Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland this Sunday, you know, this this could change the entire, entire landscape of the AFC right now, where you got the Ravens, well, you got the Titans 7-2, you got the Ravens 6-2, the Chargers 5-3, the... Bills five and three, Steelers five and three, Raiders five and three, Patriots and Chiefs both five and four, and the Chiefs should be hungry to get this victory because they're zero and one in divisional opponents this year. Obviously, a tough loss to the Chargers at home in Arrowhead, which you know got everybody to lay eyes on the Chargers to begin with. Then you got the Bengals and the Browns five and four, Denver's five and four, the Colts right behind them four and five. It's a real tough conference this year. You know, there are no 0 and whatever, 0 and 8 or 0 and 9 teams in the AFC this year. Um it it can get tough. You know, this is a real real tough game, but I'm just going to pick Kansas City cuz they're hungry to win a divisional game because they haven't um, they want to redeem themselves. Obviously, they want to keep pace. They want to improve the 6-4, and four, which I think they're going to. The Raiders, unfortunately, I think it's going to drop to 5-4, and 1-2 and two in the division. Kansas City will move up. Pittsburgh will move up to the 4th seed now. Well, no, to the 5th seed. They're the 6th right now. And then they will, and then the Raiders, unfortunately, will drop because they, well, you're 1-2 and two in the division now. But... I think that this game is really going to determine that. And I think, like, it's going to shake a lot of heads. So, good luck to both teams. And that game will be Sunday night in Allenton Stadium, 
Las Vegas, you know, Las Vegas, Nevada, where the Raiders will host the Chiefs 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Good luck to both teams and, well, have a, you know, good, yeah, have a great game. <laughs> And welcome to the final segment of this episode of the Mike Bomb Podcast. This is your host, me, Shayla Bogan. And I am now in the final drive of this episode. So now we're just going to give you a preview of Monday night football matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. This game, obviously you're going to expect the Rams to come out with the victory because... Matthew Stafford, you know, it's now at quarterback, not Jared Goff. But the 49ers had, you know, the Rams numbers in the past, I believe, five to six matchups. The, and when you think of that and you think of, you know, Jimmy G, you know, being there and obviously coming off an impressive win versus the Bears and being, you know, the home team, of course, being at home in Levi Stadium in front of all his fans. You you would think that, you know, the 49ers would come out the victor. You know, obviously come out victorious. But truth be told to you, this game, hmm, this is a real toss-up. Because when you think about the history, think about how the 49ers has had answers for the Rams. You know, their run defense, their pass defense and all. But then you think about how much Matthew Stafford this season has truly, and when I say truly, I mean truly, has shown the real difference within, you know, having him as quarterback and having Jared Goff and how much of an impact he truly made offensively, even though he didn't have, you know, a good game last week against the Tennessee Titans. I had the Rams winning that game, but... Let's just say they kind of dropped the ball, losing, I believe it was, 28-9 to at home. I could be wrong about that. They probably could have scored a touchdown or two, but in the end, this is the NFL, and bad losses happen. Obviously, you're not going to always have a great game, whether you're the home team or not. You're going to get a, you know, you might just catch an L here and there. Is it going to... If it ain't a win-or-go-home situation and playoff implications are not on the line here, then it's not, it's, it's not the end of the world as much as people think. Even though NFC Conference right now, the Rams are the number five seed, sitting at 7-2, one and one in the division, I don't see them dropping the one and two. I think that this year's Rams team can be a better team than the Rams team of the previous years or since their Super Bowl era, even though I don't think Jerry Goff was all the blame for the down, you know, the downfall in L.A., but he did have to take some blame because he did turn the ball over at the wrong times when, you know, his team didn't need to turn over. But you got to think about the defense. Is the Rams defense going to have answers for the 49ers running game this time? Having, you know, not having to deal with Raheem Morissette for the rest of the year obviously will help them out, or it should help them out. But last week, not having Derrick Henry was supposed to help him out, and it just only allowed the passing game to shine more in A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Ryan Tannehill. But 
even though he threw an interception to Jalen Ramsey, which I said, you know what? I was right to pick the Rams after that. I did not expect what I saw, you know, plays after that. Matthew Stafford's interception, Matthew Stafford pick six right afterwards. Those are things I didn't expect, but unfortunately did happen. Do I see it happening again? No. I think that the 49ers safety, Justin Reed, is going to eat crow about the words that he said about Matthew Stafford when the Rams acquired him in a trade, giving up three firsts and a fourth, you know, to the Lions to get him as the quarterback, along with giving them Jerry Goff. The Rams did allow five sacks and, you know, 11 QB hits, but the 49ers defense, you know, still got question marks. They're still banged up around the edges. And I don't think we're seeing, okay, Matthew Stafford is the same quarterback in Detroit, but the reason why he's looking better now in the Rams system as he looked, you know, in Detroit is because, simple, the Rams is a better system. Sean McVay, I, I can't give you a Lions coach that I can name in these past 20 years who is better than Sean McVay is in the Rams organization. That makes a difference. Even though he did have Golden Tate and Calvin Johnson, but did he have a running game? You you didn't give him a running game until he was injured and beat to so practically his final year in, you know, <laughs> yeah. In L.A., I mean, not L.A., in Detroit. And when you have all of that happening, you got to think about it from this point of view. You got to think about it from this standpoint. That's not the same Matthew Stafford you're seeing. If Justin Reed really think that he's going to get that Matthew Stafford again that he apparently saw in Detroit that he don't think is all of that, then I'm going to just say it from right now. He's going to have a rule of awakening because you're right. He is the same. He's he still is the same Matthew Stafford. The difference is that Matthew Stafford's been great. He just was in a crappy organization that is not so great. I'm only questioning the Rams because their run defense and their offensive line. Period. And the fact and you know, can Cooper Cup stay healthy? Can Robert Woods stay healthy enough to make a good run? Or will they get picked apart by Aaron Rodgers again? Will their defense get picked apart by Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams, who now got Randall Cobb on the trip with them again in Green Bay? That's all I'm questioning. Is I want to see how they're going to play against the league's best offenses, which I'm going to see a lot more as this year go on. But I never questioned Matthew Stafford's talent. I can't question that because in a system like Detroit, he averaged like, what, 25 touchdowns at the minimum? At the minimum, when he played the full year. And that's without Calvin Johnson. You know, without Calvin, jo without Calvin Johnson. That's without Golden Tate. So now what's the excuse? And then now he's on the verge of doing that. And I think he already has about, what, 20 plus already this year. And we're not even half. And we're just now reaching a half mark of the season. So it's like. What the hype is about, he's in a better system. A lot of people, a lot of, you know, NFL quarterbacks defended Matthew Stafford saying that they can't, they couldn't succeed in that system, you know? Nobody could succeed and practically blasted the Lions, you know, system for not being able to build around Matthew Stafford. Um, But yes, who am I going to pick to win this game? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams. I don't like San Francisco's performance last week against Arizona. I don't see you beating Matthew Stafford when you couldn't even beat Colt McCoy. You got blown the hell out by the Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins, without A.J. Green, and without Kyle Murray. So it was just James Conner running rushyard all over you, and you had no answers. He looked like the same James Conner from 2018 when he got the push that he got in Pittsburgh. That's the James Conner that he looked that that you know he uh looked he looked like. And when I see that, and I see it with a backup like Colt McCoy, and I see you as a defensive defensive team giving up 30-plus points to a DeAndre Hopkins-less, a Kyle Murray-less, and a A.J. Green-less Cardinals, then I don't want to know how you're going to look when you have to play the whole shaban of the L.A. Rams team, whether you at home or not. Whether you at home or not. And I don't care... Who you bring to the table. I don't give a crap. The 49ers are not winning this game. I don't see it happening. So I got. 34-17. Rams winning the blowout. Because. Who's your answers? Who you got for Cooper Cup? Who you got for Robert Woods? Nobody. And you're not dealing with Jerry Goff anymore. So those Jared Goff days are over. You're dealing with Matthew Stafford. If the 49ers in some miracle can find a way to win this game, then then hell. I will go live and I will give them their props and I will say I was wrong and I will eat my crow and all you Niner faithful fans can come for my head. I don't give a damn. But if you dare come in my mentions and you get blown out the way you do, Oh, I'm letting you know right now, you would think I'm a Rams fan because that's how bad I'm going to clown you. One, because I told you you were losing this game. And two, more importantly, because you lost the game. So, yes, I got 34-17 Rams. This week, Ram House, don't let me down. I lost $10 last week because you lost to the Titans at home. And not only did you lose to the Titans, you got blown the hell out. You got dominated. I don't need that no more. I'm not going to put my money on you guys. This week. As a matter of fact, I am. I actually put $5 on it today. So, you, so guess what? I lose the 5 bucks if you lose, but I gain an extra, you know, 15 if you win. So, win the game. Win it for me. Win it for yourselves. Win it to keep pace because you don't want to have to go to Arizona and let that be determined at the game because, honestly... I don't see the Rams beating the Cardinals this year, but I do see them going to the playoffs. They do got a great shot at the Super Bowl, and you don't have to win your division to go to the Super Bowl. The Bucks never won a division. The Steelers did it before. It's not impossible. That's not going to determine a Super Bowl team unless you're the number one seed or the number two seed, or right now with the, the way the playoff bracket is set up, the number one seed who will... You know, obviously have everyone coming to you if things continue to go north. But yes, um, I got, obviously, the L.A. Rams to win this game. I'm picking them to win to cover the spread. They're the, they're the number one offense in the league versus the number 20th offense. 
even though they are 21st in defense, the 49ers is number fourth. They're number first. They're first in passing the Rams. The 49ers are 17th. And they're also 18th in rushing, while the 49ers are 19th in rushing. But because of the passing game and because, you know, the overall offense of the Rams, I'm picking them because it's gonna, that's what's going to determine who's the better offenses and who's going to be the better quarterback that game. I'm going with Matthew Stafford because, one, he's the better quarterback overall than Jimmy Garoppolo. Two, he has more weapons to use than Jimmy G. And three, he's in a better offensive system, you know. And he's been around the league more than, than Jimmy G. So he obviously, I'm not going to say he's, you know, a great game manager just yet. But he's a better game manager and a better, you know, system quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. And he also take care of the ball way better. And that's the one thing you ask your offense to do. Even if you don't, even if you only give us three points, don't turn the ball over and put us in position where we gotta play stop them. You know, if we gonna have to play that, have us play that. You know, when you, the ball has not been taken away. So that's all I got for this episode. Thank you to who all tuned in. Um, good luck to both the San Francisco 49ers and the LA Rams. I will be watching in that game. I also be going live for Monday Night Football. So if you're interested on the live game, you know, game preview report, tune in to my Instagram or the Mike Bombs Instagram to be more exact, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, where I will also be streaming live video on all of those for, you know, a pregame chat, things of that nature. And Good luck. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode. This is your host, May Shayla, exiting out. But before I do, I would like to take the time to thank everyone who has subscribed, follow, and listened to the podcast, and for your overall support and love. If you are interested in getting more news and updates about the podcast, such as new episodes, new seasons, you can now subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, Google Podcasts, and much more. Or you can visit www.themikebomb.com for news updates within your favorite sport leagues, along with more news about the podcast. Thank you for your support and see you next episode.